Welcome to the Women of TBC podcast. You'll hear content from women's Bible studies and other women's events. For more information, visit templebiblechurch.org. I just have a couple of quick announcements for you today before we get started. Um, I am collecting notes today, so any notes that you have for your school, be sure to drop in your box before you leave today, and we will be collecting those and sending them to each of the schools. Uh, next Next week, we will start a new project with Hope Mommies, and I will be telling you all about that next week. Um, Final announcement. I do need everybody's attention on this one. I want to make sure everybody hears this. We, next week, we are only doing half of Lesson 5, okay? So we are just doing 1 Kings 17 and 18. That should be a nice change from this week, right? You only have two chapters to get through, Um. Because of that, I gave you some extra questions in your resource guide. So on page 12 of your resource guide, I suggest you do those questions first. They seem like a lot of questions, but they'll go very quickly because they're just taking you right through the stories. Just very simple answers. And then go to, to your book and just do the questions that pertain to 1 Kings 17 and 18. We're going to take two weeks on, on this lesson, okay? Everybody, everybody clear on that? Any questions? If you have questions, feel free to text me or, or call or come up here. Or ask your leaders. Um, we'll walk through this together. Okay, I'm going to invite our speaker up. Um, this is my friend, Allie Rogers. I met Allie a few years ago when she was a student at UMHB. And um, she really um, made a very deep impression on me because she was reaching out and mentoring moms at Canyon Creek Apartments when she was a a, a college student and so she had asked me if there was a place that she could meet with these gals and I was um I was I was like this is a girl I want to get to know and so she has just been a really um a good friend and I'm excited for you to get to hear from her this is her first time doing something like this so I'm super proud of her her stepping out in faith uh to speak to us so join me in praying for Allie and then we'll turn it over to her God, we just pray your, your blessing on Allie. I know that you have um, taught her as she has studied alongside of us, and, and we look forward to what you have to reveal to us through her. I thank you, God, um, for her demonstration of faith, and I just pray that you give her courage and boldness in what she has to share with us. Would you help us to listen well and to pay attention to you first and foremost? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, good morning. Um, thank you for um, this opportunity to speak to you. Um, my name is Allie. I started at TBC about six years ago when I was a freshman at UMHB. Um, I am a nurse at Baylor, um, and um, I got married last um, last April at the beginning of the pandemic. That's my husband, Richard, um, and our pup, Daphne. So my little family. Um, so let's jump right into scripture. Um, it's a big chunk of, um, of information, and um, it, it goes um, deep. Um, so division, downfall, disobedience, and death 
a story told throughout Israel's history. We see um, here king after king lean on their own understanding, um, thus leading them into a life um, evil in the sight of the Lord. Um, We're coming out of Solomon's story, this king who was given everything he could ever need and um, more than he could ever want. Um, He was blessed beyond measure with riches and wisdom um, and communication with the Lord, Um, yet squandered it away for um, his own desires, um, marrying foreign women and taking on their idols, um, causing evil and destruction um, to come back into Israel um, once again. So we start with division. Um, Solomon is punished, and um, it is prophesied that um, there will be division in the kingdom. So Rehoboam takes the throne. He is Solomon's son. He is the um, natural heir to the throne. And um, within um, the first few moments of his reign, he is asked, Rehoboam, what will you do? Your father laid a heavy yoke on us. Um, Will you lighten our burden? And he tells them, give me three days and... I'll let you know. So we initially see Rehoboam maybe taking this um, wise step to go to um, the counselors that counseled the wisest man on earth. Um, So you would assume that these guys got to be pretty smart. Um, And um, the people had asked him, Um, to lighten their load. The people had asked him to serve them. And so the wise counselors say in 12.7, if you will be a servant to the people uh, today and serve them and speak good words to them when you answer them, they will be your servants forever. So Rehoboam hears and decides that this doesn't fit just right. Um, He decides to do a bit of advice shopping and go and ask his buddies, um, who he deems to be a little bit smarter and wiser than the counselors of the wisest man that lived. Um, So, um, you know, they're hyping him up. You know, you're the king. You're the rightful heir. You've got this. Um, And tell him to essentially disrespect his father and... um, and to establish his reign, showing his own power. He tells, um, he tells them to say, tells Rehoboam to say, um, my little finger is thicker than my father's thighs. And whereas my father laid on you a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So he um, decides this fits, this is right. I like the way that sounds, so I'm going to go tell the people of Israel this. Um, the exact opposite of what the people had asked of him um, and the opposite of what the wise counselors um, advised him. Um, this is so often me. I, um, I overthink most things, 
And I enter into conflicting situations and um, want to ask every single person I know what the right answer is, what they think. Um, and I abandon situations that could be a causation for me to rely on the Lord um, instead um, of following his spirit. I rely on myself, leaving me with fear and anxiety. Um, and that's what we see in Rehoboam. Um, he, he, he knows the prophecy that was given to Solomon. Um, and he knows that division is to come, but he wants to hold on to it himself. Um, and um, he chooses to serve himself. He shows a clear lack of wisdom and surrounds himself with fools. And it leads to the, um, to the prophecy that um, God gave um, to come to fruition. So if we look back to 1 Kings 11.38, God sends a prophet to the servant of Solomon, Jeroboam. And he tells Jeroboam that if you will listen to all that I have commanded you and walk in my ways and do what is right in my eyes and keep my statutes and my commandments as David, my servant, did. I will be with you and build you a sure house as I built for David and give Israel to you. So Rehoboam's disobedience leads to God's promise being fulfilled. Um, Jeroboam comes in um, with the people of Israel, almost like a Moses figure. And they revolt, and Israel um, splits uh, from the house of David. Um, Rehoboam is left as the king of Judah, and the people follow Jeroboam. Um, God's promise fulfilled, um, and Jeroboam um, rescues the people of Israel as Moses did um, when um, he led the people out of Egypt from Pharaoh. So next we transition into downfall. So remember, Jeroboam promised the kingdom if he walks in the ways of the Lord. He has just seen God's faithfulness. He has seen how um, God promised him um, Israel, and he gave it to him. A, a servant of Solomon, someone who did not deserve the throne, was not in line for the throne. Um, God stripped away from the house of David Israel and gave it to him. Um, and somehow he is consumed with fear, has a lack of trust in the Lord, and decides that instead of following the ways of the Lord, he, um, he decides to follow his own path. Um, he is afraid that the people of Israel will go back to the temple that Solomon had created and worship God there and eventually kill him and follow Rehoboam instead. Um, 
So he decides a great idea is to create two golden calves, a replacement for God, um, like Aaron did when Moses was on the mountain. Um, I don't feel God here in this moment, so I will replace him um, with something else to worship, something um, that satisfies me in the moment. So Jeroboam creates these calves, and he replaces um, worship for God. He shows a clear lack of love for the Lord. Um, He does not fear his sovereignty um, and fear his power and his wrath. Um, And he doesn't trust that the Lord is going to continue to fulfill the prophecy, the promise that was given to him. Um, So he creates high places and appoints priests and creates feasts and um, sacrifices to these calves um, for, um, for his own heart, for his own glory. Um, he follows in his own way. And, and it ends up leading to his demise. Um, now, when I read these stories in the Old Testament, I think this doesn't make any sense. He's, they literally are looking at the faithfulness of God. He was so undeserving of the kingdom, and he saw God's faithfulness. He already fulfilled the promise. Why would he stop fulfilling the promise now? Um, and that's, that's me. Um, over and over again, I look at my life and the faith of the kingdoms that I've established on my own, the, the things that I've worshipped, um, and I look back on the, the things that I try and control. Um, I've always been a very independent person and um, wanting to fix everything myself. I like to have control over my situations. And um, as a teenager um, whose parents were getting divorced and worlds was crumbling, I... Um, I did not remember the God, God's faithfulness, and I relied on myself. When uh, money didn't feel like it was coming for school, I could not remember the Lord's faithfulness. Um, when there was fears of um, possible cancer, I could not remember that God was faithful and that He um, that He is with me. Um, I remember a distinct moment in school where I was stressing that I wasn't going to have enough money to continue um, the nursing program. And so I laugh at it now because months before, I was headed to go out of the country to, um, to do mission work somewhere else. And I had a week left to fundraise, and I had $200, and I had no idea where that money was going to come from. And the last day, someone called me, a brand new um, school teacher, and she said that she had forgot to set aside um, her tithe, and so she took 10% of her paycheck and gave me that money to go on my trip. And it was to the penny the amount that I needed. So... I completely abandoned God's faithfulness knowing that he provided just a couple of months prior and left myself with fear and anxiety. Lack of love for God, a lack of fear of his 
of who he is and um, a clear lack of trust for the power that he has. Um, we, we try and recreate these things um, to satisfy us because somehow God's not good enough in, in the moments of fear, in the moments of, um, of things possibly crumbling around us. Um, Jeroboam, fearing that the kingdom would be lost. And so he recreates his own kingdom. And we start to see his downward slide into sin. But our God, being a gracious God, um, gives him a chance to repent. So we kind of enter into an odd space here. I was a little confused at first reading about this Judean prophet. Um, he comes to rebuke Jeroboam, a clearly gracious act of the Lord uh, for Jeroboam's disregard for his sovereign reign. Um, he, he comes to Jeroboam and he tells him the altar will be destroyed and the ashes will pour out. Um, showing that God is not limited um, by the power of these other gods. Um, and Jeroboam demands that he be seized, and as he does this, his arm, um, he casts his arm out, and it withers, um, and the fear sets back in. He begs, um, sorry, as, um, as his arm withers, the altar is destroyed, and the ashes are poured out, just as the prophet said. Um, so the fear comes back. The power of God is present, and um, he asks the man to call upon the Lord your God and restore his arm. So the prophet does this, another gracious act of the Lord, and um, so Jeroboam invites him to his home and offers him drink and food, and the prophet says, the Lord has commanded me not to go into the homes or drink or um, break bread with anyone. So he leaves, and he's weary. He's um, he's under a tree, and another prophet of God sends for him and tells him that um, he wants him to come back to his home so he can give him bread and water. And the man said no as he should, because God commanded him. And then this prophet says, God said it was okay, so you can come with me. And I look at this, and I'm thinking, man, this guy has a really good excuse of why he disobeyed God, because this prophet um, said it was okay. I... I find it much easier... Um, to, to say no um, based on what God has commanded of me in moments of, um, that are clearly wrong. Jeroboam had um, worshipped idols and clearly um, abandoned uh, following God. Um, but this man is a prophet. He, um, he said that it was okay. 
And um, the prophet of Judah was likely very tired already. And I, I doubt that he um, didn't already have it in his heart that he was looking for an excuse to um, abandon God's command. Um, because in moments of weariness, um, he, he probably wanted somewhere um, shaded to be. He probably wanted some bread and some water and some rest before he traveled back home. Um, so he abandoned God's commandment and goes to the home of this prophet. And as he's leaving, he takes the, um, the man's donkey and is killed by a lion on the way. A lion who did not maul him, eat him, or destroy his donkey. He struck him down and stood by. A clear picture that God is sovereign, that God um, will not be disobeyed. Um, and another warning for Jeroboam, no one is apart um, from God's power. God will not be disobeyed, and this is coming for you. Um, Jeroboam, given this beautiful gift and grace, um, given Israel from the house of David, and then um, the promise is fulfilled, and he sees God's faithfulness, and he starts to worship idols. And then given the grace to um, have the opportunity to repent, and yet he still disobeys. Um, so um, he, he still does not fear God, and he does not obey God. Um, and death is coming for Jeroboam. So Jeroboam, now faced with the reality of the lack of love, of trust, and fear of God. His son falls sick. Um, he disguises his wife and sends her with goodies to the prophet. Um, somehow cakes and honey are going to persuade a different answer for the outcome of his son. Um, but... Um, he sent him to the prophet that had told him that he was going to be king. So uh, the blind prophet knows her before she even speaks, and he tells her a message for Jeroboam. I raised you up from among the people and appointed you ruler over my people, Israel. I tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you, but you have not been like my servant David who kept my commands and followed me in all of his, with all of your heart. Doing only what is right in my eyes, you've done more evil than all those who've lived before you. He told him harm is coming to the house of Jeroboam. And he tells his wife that as soon as you step back into the city, your son will be dead. And I just can't imagine the, the pain um, that could cause as you know that the evil that your family has done is what caused the death of your son. Um, he, told, he told her that he will be giving Israel up um, because of the sin of Jeroboam. And we see that king after king, more evil than the last, um, idol worshiping and um, sin drenching the nation, um, Murdering, committing suicide, and um, this country 
being full of evil and adversity um, because of the sins of Jeroboam. So his wife enters back into the kingdom and her son dies. And Jeroboam is left um, with the reality of his sin and um, knowing that he squandered away the gifts from the Lord. Um, And we... He ends his reign, and I think, wow, what a sad and honestly pathetic testimony of a man who was given a kingdom and and squandered it away. Um, Despite the grace and generosity um, continuously given uh, by by the Lord. Um, And so easy for us to fall into that as well, Um, whether we have lived um, lives uh, that have been following God and then we decide to turn our back uh, from from loving him and trusting him and fearing that he is who he says he is, that his wrath is great and he will not be disobeyed. And I, I just feel this overwhelming sadness But now I can look to the perfect king. Um, Jesus, our perfect king, who ruled humbly and gently, who came um, not in this grand power, if you will, that Jeroboam came, um, but he came and loved the people. He came and served the people. Um, He... He walked with them and um, and gave himself to them. Um, this um, this king listened to the commands of God and he obeyed. Not like the kings before him. Um, the king who deserved anything but death. Um, obedience. Um, leads to life, and disobedience leads to death. Um, And King Jesus obeyed, yet he gave himself up and died for the evil and the disobedient and the proud. He died for us. Um, Our perfect king, who was undeserving, gave um, all of himself. And he fulfills the promise of these kings. Um, no, no king before him was ever going to be good enough. Um, always going to fall short. Even, I may say the name wrong, Asa, Asa, uh, King Asa, who... Um, who ruled well, who loved the Lord with all of his heart, still fell short. Uh, He, um, and King David, still um, was at one time abandoned to his own desires. But King Jesus not. Um, King Jesus um, loved the Lord 
Um, and he is our Lord. Um, we can trust his reign and trust his authority. Um, following his commands. So even though the kings of Judah and Israel were a pitiful version of what is to come, it doesn't have to be the sad and pathetic end that it is um, because our king um, will never will never be um, what they were. Um, so I um, will ask you guys to um, pray with me and um, pleading to the Lord that we would um, have our eyes fixated on him, um, worshiping him alone, um, that we would not be abandoned to our own desires and subject to um, to our own weariness as the prophet of Judea. Um, so um, I am going to pray now um, over um, all of you in this room that you would walk in the ways of the Lord. God, you are good. You are gracious. You are mighty and powerful, King of kings, Lord of lords, Prince of peace. You have been faithful um, all of your days. And we can trust that you will be faithful forevermore. I ask that you would guide our steps, um, direct our paths, hold our tongues, and keep our eyes fixated on you. That we would walk in your steps and... Um, let there be goodness that comes from our mouths. Jesus, you are everything that we could ever need and ever want. And I ask that we would be constantly reminded of your power um, and your grace, but also that you, um, you deserve to be glorified and um, your wrath is is great too. Um, thank you, Jesus, for drinking the cup of wrath. And we ask all of this in your holy and precious name. Amen. Thank you, Allie. You did a wonderful job.